You're such a nerd. There is, yes, there is a <laughs> Welcome to Coffee Rants and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. My name is David Harris, and joining me today, as always, is Daniel Morris, John Seth Salmon, Skylar Teal, and Mike Tatum. John Seth brought in something real interesting for us today. I'll let him uh, talk about it. Today, we are trying the Sunrise Blend. It's a light roast from a company called Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee set out to make pour-over taste, to replicate that taste, but in a tea bag kind of fashion. So our coffee has been steeping for five plus minutes for some of us. And we are about to try this sucker. Energy. Initial impression. It's actually, I like it. It's actually pretty you know, good. It's, it's really not, good. Yeah. It, it does. I was, have I was that, all ready that to trash talk it kind of thing. Uh, I did say, you know, leading up to this, that this is kind of a reverse pour over for me. It, it's the Baptist answer. <laughs> To the pour over because we're <laughs> right, immersing right, right. a tea bag rather than pouring right, over. Pouring. Yeah. I think so. it does the best job at replicating that taste for like a quick instant type of coffee. Right. Because honestly, that's what this is. is It's almost like an instant coffee, but in a tea bag. Yeah, because instant coffee, the grounds actually dissolve in the water, in the water which yeah. is awful. <laughs> Gross. I don't right. know whoever came up with that. We this would be a much better ministers. option for camping. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like instant. Well, the, yeah, they definitely on their Insta. You can see that all the people take it when they go. Is camping. that right? Yeah. yeah. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, good I job. like it. The, I do like it. Yeah. The this problem is, though is you you actually need a, a really large mug with a larger volume of water because when you take the tea bag out, you lose like half your coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It says eight ounces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it would just be perf- like what but, you prefer. Okay. Hear me out. Let's go back in time before you tried it, mm-hmm. and I want to hear you talk about. What you thought going into this? Well, obviously, this is tea. This isn't coffee. Right. First off. Right. Yeah, we were making tea, pretty much. Um, but I, I was, was wrong. Yeah, I was expecting. I was expecting these two to just like absolutely roast this. But you guys just hear Daniel. It doesn't happen often. <laughs> oh my! I, got, I just won the lottery. <laughs> Our next gen ministries finally. Finally came, <laughs> came to unity. And it was a tea bag coffee. Yes. That we agreed upon. That's right. Of all That's right. We're now all in one accord. Wow. We've actually, Thank for the you, last Lord. few podcasts, been a little strangely. Uh, I know. <laughs> I don't think I like it. This is a bad Brittany start. pointed that out. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm just going to say, like, you and Daniel have, have kind of been agreeing a lot lately. <laughs> going to have to stop that. <laughs> yeah. Change my mind. It's garbage. It's <laughs> Yeah, this is for the people that, like, when I tell them how I make a pour-over or whatever, or how to make a pour-over, and they're like, that's ridiculous. Why would you spend that much time and effort into making a cup of coffee? This is, like, almost on par with that, in my opinion. Yeah. It tastes extremely good. It's a cool alternative. Like, you know, it still takes five minutes, but it's not five minutes of you having to pour it. It's you pour it. And you just wait pretty much. Dunk it a little bit, Mm -hmm. and then you you wait. So the process, so those who don't know, the process is you put the... Coffee bag in there. You pour the hot boiling water over it, just like tea. 
and then you dunk the bag for 15 to 30 seconds, and that breaks up the coffee a little bit more to get more of the flavor, and then you let it steep like you would tea for mm-hmm. five-plus minutes. In the name of the Father, Son. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd replace like my pour-over at home with this, but I might I'd take a box Only to because I can't make a decent pour-over yet. So I need taking a box to camp. That's a great idea. That is a great idea. Yes. That's going to happen because they have hot water everywhere. Yeah. Cause if you like, I like to have good coffee when I travel, but it's just not worth the hassle to bring the pour over and a craft and like all that stuff. You would need like hot water and this. I have done that before. I've done that before. Has that ever crossed your mind, Skylar, to fill your suitcase with coffee? Well, I stopped at a gas station for a Dr. Pepper and I'm good. I have what's called a pour gummy. I've seen that. That is a pour That's over really that cool. breaks off into three parts. And it's uh, like, uh, what's the, it's not stainless steel. I think it's stainless steel. It, do you think, have you seen mine? I have. Okay. Okay. Then stainless steel then. Probably. But it's super sure. lightweight. I've taken it camping with me before actually. Yeah. And use it at camping. But I will definitely take this camping with me now. No, but speaking don't of take it to stopping Scotland. at a gas station and getting a Dr. Pepper. Have y'all been to a Bucky's yet? Of yeah. course. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had my first experience with it the Bucky's. It was positive. It's life changing. It, it is. It is. With the Bucky's. Maybe for I should go Texan there for friends a Texan, out there. Um, Bucy's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucy's. Well, I didn't know if they would want to like shoot me through the, yeah, they probably through would. the phone or whatever if I said Texans that. are real particular about Bucky's. Yeah. So you call it Bucy's just to. Who would say that? Rile them up. Why oh. would you say it that way? Oh, you would do it just have to bother you, them. Oh. Have you met any Texans? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I would ever have imagined buying a bris- a, a, a smoked brisket sandwich from a gas station. I've had it. But it's good. I it's have good. too. And it was really good. That's what good. I get when I go there. Absolutely. Now, it's supposedly like it's a, a step above like a busy bee type of situation, yeah, it's right? It's a busy bee on steroids. Yes. Okay. Listen, yeah, that's kind of what I I'm not sure I've it's heard. fair to compare the two. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I like, mean, 120 gas just, pumps. Holy cow. That's a lot of gas pumps. Listen. We came back from Cross. We went there. Yeah. I got to tell you. I got to tell you a story about Bucky's. We were headed home from Cross. I'd never been to one. Okay. For the record. And we were, we, we needed gas and everything. And we were hungry. We needed dinner. And so John Seth was like, y'all ever been to Bucky's? And like a lot of us were like, no, I've never been to one. He was like, Bucky's is an oasis. <laughs> is how you <laughs> described it. I still describe it that way. So, even after this experience. So we were like. We were like, okay, yeah, that, that sounds great. Like, we'll get dinner, we'll get gas, like, do whatever. Well, I think that was probably the busiest moment in Bucky's history. Yes. Like, <laughs> every gas pump there was a car at, every parking spot filled. You walk in there, and there's just pure, like, chaos. <laughs> People everywhere. And so we were expecting, like... For hours, I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like, the, you're gonna your find soul rest is going in- to be comforted <laughs> yeah. by the Lord when you walk into this place. Right. So we walk and in, we're exhausted, we, we've been driving. You and a million other souls yeah. at the same time. So we walk in and we're like, what is this? Because you know there's the kiosks where you order food. Right. It was pure chaos. Dude, I've so- been there so many times where it is not like that. Right. Where I walk in and there's not a ton of people. And it's right. like, ah, I'm home. But that time was like... <laughs> Dear Lord, get John, back in the bus. We got to go somewhere else. He might be overselling <laughs> yeah. just a little. Yeah. Well, but when I left special. Bucky's, no. I was kind of like, wow, that's not how I remembered it. <laughs> it's awesome. Anyway. All right. So good job on the coffee. Yes, Brittany. Uh, Brittany. Shout out to Brittany for Thank you, Brittany. introducing us to coffee that brews like tea. 
What's it called? The company called Steeped again? Coffee. Steeped Coffee. Santa Cruz, California. Hmm. Is it ex- like is it expensive? Um, no, not really. I mean, not you know for how- what we we pay. I don't. I don't. I can't remember what she said. She bought it for. But but. What you guys pay for coffee, though? I'm not sure that that's a valid question. It's <laughs> expensive. Is that, fair enough. It would be. It would not listener. be for us. Yeah, I got you. It would be right. right if it costs part. more than Folgers. It's expensive. Ugh. That's nonsense. <laughs> Mike nonsense. just bought Folgers at Sam's. I did. He probably didn't want for to do that. Because, for, because. Do you hate yourself? I do. He does. <laughs> he does. Mike. I know. I just, you had made it so you far. You had ascended so high. I know. I know. And I'm now still, you're back with Skyler. I'm still too cheap. You <laughs> bought Folgers, man. I'm still too cheap. Hey, I'm it's drinking inter- the coffee. Internal struggle for it Mike. Is. It is. <laughs> the same way John Seth is like. He's like, man, I don't know why my stomach hurts. Then orders a hamburger with cheese sticks on it at Blacksmith. Right. That's me. I'm always like, I'm like, why do you got throw me out like that? Man? Well, because it, it applies to my life too. I'm like, man, why, like, why are we, why don't I have as much money as I think I should? And then right. I'm like, oh, I spend like $20 on a bag of coffee. That's probably terrible. That's a stretch, but that's probably why. It's called the Mozzie at Blacksmith and it's amazing. You the most amazing thing, I don't even think they have it on the menu anymore. I don't think they make it, but at the Metro Diner, they used to have a thing called the Vortex Burger. I remember that thing. And it was a it was a hamburger mm-hmm. uh, wedged between two grilled cheese sandwiches. Yes, sir. So the grilled cheese sandwiches actually formed the bun of a hamburger <laughs> with bacon Amen. and is that sauce. In, is it that was, in Pawnee, Indiana? <laughs> it was amazing. The it difference amazing. in your two faces right now. Like He's like, I would eat that right now. And Dave was like, oh my God. Well, I think I'm going to no, try to make that. It was amazing. I'm going to try to make that make on the two old Two cheese sandwiches and then, and then stuff a couple of hamburger patties in between them. Dude, with a with smash burger on that. Oh my yes. gosh. It's yeah. special. That's going it, to it was, it was pretty special. So. That's going to happen. That ain't it. <laughs> oh, and then you drink that, eat that with your uh, steeped coffee. Mike, was it you last time that said you love lightning rounds? Someone I do. Said, I do. I, do. I like them too. Rounds. I enjoyed the last one. Well, we got another one. All right. All right. And we've all got a list in front of us, so we can we don't have to read them all out. We can just start from the top. First one's Monopoly versus Scrabble. 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 Monopoly. I think Scrabble. Neither, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. True. But if I had to choose Scrabble for me, I Monopoly think. is a garbage game. No, see, I disagree. It. I disagree. I like Monopoly. It just takes a long time to play. And, and I only like playing with people that like to play, <laughs> not people that don't like to Name play. names. Just go ahead. No. <laughs> no, no, no. There are, there are yes. lists running through my mind right now. So I would argue only one person has ga- has fun playing Monopoly. Yes, at the table, it's it might be fun for everybody for ten minutes, but yeah, yeah. but sure. after ten it minutes, one person's winning the game and everyone else is miserable. That's one right. person gets Park yeah, Avenue. Yeah, yeah you're that's right. what it is. You're right. Yeah. It is tough in that in that sense. Yeah, Monopoly. But I, I like Scrabble. Now I do typically win, so like bring it on. I'll, I'll play. <laughs> right, let's go. Monopoly infuriates me, and I can't Why? play. I just get too competitive. Oh, and like it legitimately, I get angry. Really? If I lose that game, I don't. I don't know what it is. Mm. It just sets me All off. Right, so next time mm. we're gonna put a Scrabble board out here. And, uh, <laughs> well, Scrabble, I love Scrabble. Do it. Yeah. I will game. challenge every word you make. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that I was good at Scrabble, Mike. I said I enjoy Scrabble. Right. No, nah, Brittany right. smokes me in that game every time. Really? Yeah. See, if you played uh, Wordle more often, 
I am. You might get, I am. It's called Scrabble. You might get. <laughs> so I have a question. Two two questions. One is judgy, a real word. Like you're judging someone. Ju- being that's judgy. not a word. Gotcha. If it, if you were to spell it just like in quotation marks, how would you spell that? What are you doing, David? J U D G Y. Because I agreed with your spelling of it. And okay. he got roasted by our students last night because that was the title of his sermon. Why so judgy? I would say J U D G Y. Gotcha. Why would you, put, put, an you e, put an E in there? You an e, yep. yep. And I, you, he texted me his points and I put him in. And that's what hey, I thought. I'm going to say if you're making up a word, you can spell it Exactly. They roasted me. Like, it's just the And they listened to the podcast. It probably is a word. Let's check. All right, Mad Dog. Yeah, We're this right. is pointed at you, Madison. <laughs> I know oh, she listens to Ju- Judgy is a word. Is it spelled? It, but it only has a Y. <sighs> so close. All right, this is getting cut. Back, okay. cut back on, Mad Dog. Back on, Mad Dog. Madison, you were right. <laughs> right here. It's a five-letter word that would be perfect for Wordle. It does have an informal tag on it, though. So All I think right. that's... Dictionary.com. We're back in. It's me. We're back in. Yes, sir. I just went to the bottom of the coffee and got the grounds. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. What are you talking about? No, no. I didn't like that. That's the- <laughs> so anyway, in you know, the point is that wouldn't be a word in Scrabble. It but would be. In, it, you would count it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's in the dictionary. But with the Y, no E, right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to spell it right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Scrabble. Yeah. See, that's why I lose. There are rules. The word. Yeah, exactly. There are rules. I would play Monopoly. Let me say, I would play it. Yeah. I just probably wouldn't enjoy it because I'd be so mad. Yeah, yeah. We used to we used to play it, but back when I was in elementary school, we had a, a friend. We'd go to. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. 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 That was not in your head, Skyler. <laughs> What did it look like then? It it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. The original Monopoly still has the little shoe and the little car um, and all of the, yeah, whatever. But we used to keep the game out because it would take us days to play. That was was the point of my story. They always are multiple day games for for me too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. But my fondest memory of playing Monopoly in that sense uh, was listening to uh, Boston on eight track. Mm. <laughs> nice. That's how long how long ago it was. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. I saw Boston in concert one time. No Did way. You? Really? That's pretty cool. Like the real Boston? Or well, I don't it? know if they were the real one. I mean, yeah. it was, I mean, it's, it's kind of like when ago. I saw Foreigner. So <laughs> they, they, they yeah. kind of yeah. changed. There yeah. was probably one of the other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. You know. <laughs> it counts. All right, let's move to the next one. Jeopardy versus Wheel of Fortune. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. I, I like both, though. I do like both. I like both, but I think I'd go Jeopardy. The reason why both of them made prime time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think I'd go Jeopardy, but I, I do like both. I would go Wheel of Fortune. Me too. Now, if you're looking for, like, you know, you're on YouTube and you want to laugh a little bit, Wheel of Fortune fails are a Dude. lot better than Jeopardy. Dude, fails. amazing. Yeah, yeah man. Absolutely yeah. amazing. I have not done that. Sometimes a little bit uncomfortable. That. I feel like yeah. I'm just... As uncomfortable as some of those family feud fails, dude. Ooh, that's that's like with Steve Harvey. That's the top man. That's yeah. Yeah. maybe not quite that bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Jeopardy for me. I like Wheel of Fortune, but um, if I have to pick between the two, and I can only watch half an hour, and I had to pick one of them, I'd go with Jeopardy. Yeah, I like Jeopardy same. during like the one question on the entire 
episode that I actually know. Yes. Right. <laughs> but then I feel like an idiot for the rest of yes. it. So yeah. it's because I'm not very good at Jeopardy. Yeah. The next one is Harry Potter versus Lord of the Rings. Ooh. And that is a real tough one. Man, who me. came up with that? That's, that's don't, an don't easy kill me, one. Harry Potter. I, Sorry. You're wrong. Harry Potter. That's dumb. We're back. We're, We're back. back. <laughs> <laughs> they just fist pumped. For the record. We had a uh, had, had a moment where our next gen ministries <laughs> were unified, and they're divided. And then he and said something dumb. <laughs> Man, that's. Um, I think I'd go to Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, but I love Harry Potter. So, I think Lord of the Rings is probably has more depth and is probably more iconic. But I grew so up far. on Harry Potter, and it's got a special place in my heart, so I'd have to choose Harry Potter. Uh, just, Lord of the Rings is just, to me, that's that's epic. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm an epic film. That's true. Kind of, kind of person. So if, if I'm going in, in genre, I'm going to go with Lord of the Rings. I did like the storyline in Harry Potter, though. Yeah. Harry, Harry Potter. Harry Potter's a longer watch, though. Yeah, yeah. it is. So many more well, and it's it's than. fantasy. Yes. Harry Potter is fantasy. It's, where I agree with you, Lord of the Rings is epic. There is yeah. fantasy, but I, I feel like I feel like Lord of the Rings is more epic with fantasy, where yeah. Harry Potter yes. is fantasy with some epic, more mythology, more mythology. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but Harry yeah. Potter is more character. I mean, Lord of the Rings is character driven too. But I mean, Lord of the Rings, you've got. I mean the the cinematography where you've got just armies of yeah that's uh, wild yeah it's I mean, insane just, I mean just that, when I when I think of epic that's what I think of is just the enormity yeah. of, of the I do think there. Uh, in Lord of the Rings the biggest moment in Lord of the Rings is probably better than the biggest moment in Harry Potter I yeah. think of the two towers when Gandalf is leading an army down the hill and that to me is like the high that's a, a higher highest point than Harry Potter has yeah. throughout the whole thing but just overall. Harry Potter was the first book series I ever read, and it, I was in elementary school. It taught me to love to read, like so. It's like yeah. so. There's I mean, a sentimental attachment exactly to, uh, to Harry yeah. Potter for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Harry Potter books. I would imagine I haven't read them, but I would imagine they're easier to read than Lord of the Rings. Yes, oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. They're so good, though. Yeah. They are. The books are the movies to me. It's one of my favorite series to watch. Yeah, but the books are like. They blow them out of the water. Like mm. the books are so yep. good. Yeah. I'm reading the books to our girls now. Oh, nice! We love it. Yeah, they're so good. And for me, like I, I was going to book premieres of Harry Potter, like five, six, and seven, and yeah, five, six, yeah. and seven. I like I would go to a midnight release of the book, and it it just holds like a, a and I saw all midnight premieres of the movies, and so it's kind of like it just. There is yes, there is a sentimental value to it. Yeah, I love Lord of the Rings. Don't get me wrong. I love the story. I think it is so amazing what Tolkien did with that. But for some reason, like my my gut is like Harry Potter. Yeah, like it's just it was. So what did I don't know? What did you say? I said Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Right. Which is interesting to me. So you're you're not huge fans of either one, then probably, right? I mean, they're fine. I mean, Harry Potter because Shelley made me watch those right recently. So that's I've why I that thought one. you would have chosen. It might be rings. just because I watched it more recent. Uh, you and Jared made me watch Lord of the Rings, and we did it like in the span of a. a we watched a, them all, the whole like thing, back to back. Extended so version, a little like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I might need to go back and watch those because well, it we was like We should probably do that again. Later. Yes. Direct, I think director's we cut. went past midnight. And oh, so yeah. It was, it was uh, awesome. That sounds amazing. It might not be. But 
I mean, I'm it me. Does. I'm like a nerd, so yeah. that sounds awesome. So I, the weekend after Secret Church, <laughs> yes, we do yes. Secret Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I read the Lord of the Rings books too growing up, and they like they're that's a job to read those books. Like <laughs> yeah. they are so hard to read. Yeah, you got to learn another language. You basically, literally, he created a language for multiple languages for this. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something to add to Tolkien's like he created his like own fantasy world creation of that world like it, it's insane it's how probably to do that. more like complete than anyone else has ever done yes like, yeah that's yeah that's what i'm trying to say is like it's a more complete universe than anything probably. than anything i've seen so far i mean uh jk rowling she does a great job at creating her world of harry potter to the point of now there's a play a broadway play in london there's a new Trilogy, the Fantastic Beasts. So, like, she did a great job at it, but I just, there's something about Tolkien that's classic. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I, and I don't, I don't doubt it. I think Harry Potter will someday be deemed a classic, but we just have to wait and see. Yeah. I had a teacher in high school that would put some kind of like crazy iconic quote on the board every day, but it was an Elvish. <laughs> so you'd have to like get the, whatever it's called, you'd have to like figure it out by using like an index or whatever. It was pretty funny. And I, I just want to go on record to say that Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, did a pretty good job of creating a universe. Really? Sure did. There is a whole Klingon language that can sure. be translated. So, That's I mean, wild. if we're going to nerd out here on Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Sure. Nerd just, out, Mike. Just nerd wait. Out. We're going to keep going here. On, uh, yeah, we are. Star yeah, Trek. yeah, we are. There. All right. Next one. This is easy. I, can, I, I take issue with the way this was, was submitted to us. It was submitted Avengers versus Star Wars, but I feel like it needs to be Marvel versus Star Wars. Yeah, that's thoughts. what they meant. Gotcha. I think that's Star what, Wars, hands gosh. down, all day. Easy. Marvel. Well, just remember, folks, when you submit questions to our podcast, we're not always going to roast you for the way you've submitted them. <laughs> but Tanya. sometimes we will. Yeah, but sometimes. This we will. was Tanya. She's, oh, yeah, she's okay. the only one she that can, submits anyway. So yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> all right. Um, what did y'all say? Star Wars. Star Wars. Hands down. Marvel. That's tough. That's mm. tough for me. Um, because only because I've been more committed to mo- watching wrong. every every episode. They are of just Marvel. wrong. Yeah. I think. I think overall, I think I'll have to go with Star Wars. Me too. Yeah. Just because I think every every Star Wars movie. Well, <laughs> I got to be careful the way I say this. Yes, you do. <laughs> Every Star Wars movie, with the exception of some parts in the first trilogy, are really good. There are Marvel movies that you, I could do without. Ant-Man? Like, come on. <laughs> Ant-Man was hilarious. I love Ant-Man. Ant-Man was hilarious. Paul Rudd? Yes. I, have, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, oh he's I not super it. necessary. It's okay to be But wrong. anyway. <laughs> I mean, he but kind I, of I was. I think I would, if I'm going to sit down and watch a I marathon of Avengers yeah, or a marathon of Star Wars, I think I'm going to watch Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Because... Back when I was in elementary school, <laughs> they had cameras back, back in 1977. <laughs> uh, we sat on top of my friend's car at a drive-in movie theater and watched the very first Star Wars. Mm. Now so that's cool. dope. So cool. So yeah, that was cool. That I'd probably get my leg to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's so. Uh, it wasn't that great. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty cool. So next one is iced tea versus hot tea. Iced tea. I it depends. 
It's kind Are of a tough like one. Sweet tea. I'm just doing iced yeah. tea because I drink that way more often. That's than I drink that's why tea. where yeah. I was going with I it like too. Hot tea. I think iced tea would be mine because mm-hmm. I would probably choose iced tea. That's hard because I love hot tea. Yeah, but I, I drink too. sweet tea more. Right. But I like hot tea. I, that's, I, I'll have to say iced because I drink sweet tea more. Yeah, Dr Pepper. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I could I could give up. All tea and be okay, honestly. Yeah, me too. I you know, take it or leave it. Yeah. I couldn't give up sweet tea, man. <laughs> That'd be hard. Oh, I could. Yeah. Now that they serve Coke Zero in restaurants, I could give up sweet tea. I actually, I don't order sweet tea anyway. So if I get it, it's half and half because sweet tea is too sweet in the South. It really, I see, I agree with you. Yeah. It's basically <clears throat> syrup. Right. Right. It's undrinkable. Is it yeah. best? Oh, is it worth yeah, yeah. paying? <laughs> Three extra dollars to get a drink at a restaurant, though. I drink no, water. I'm with you. I yeah, know, right? yeah, I know. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. I pay the extra because I don't know. I feel like the waitress is judging me if I don't. So now they can deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll get a better tip if I order yeah. water. Yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah. Yep. Last one on this list is Netflix versus Amazon Prime Video, which to me is a a no brainer. Netflix. 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 Yeah. Netflix. Yeah. There is a Lord of the Rings series coming to Amazon prime video. So there is a chance that that might change, but right now Netflix, there are some, some Amazon prime video things that are, are good, but like it's very, kind of rare, but yeah. stranger things is, is allegedly uh, coming. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll believe so. it when I see it. And in a weird way too, because I think they're like releasing the first half of the season mm-hmm. and then like a few That's weeks later, they're releasing a few months. Now. They've few started months to do that. It's weird. So parts of seasons. It's weird. I need to make a case though for Amazon Prime. Okay. I watch Netflix more. Okay. But with Netflix, you can't rent like movies that are still in the movie theater. It's true. With Amazon Prime, you can not only rent them, but you can buy the movie that's in the theater. And to me, that is that's like oh, okay, Amazon Prime. Now, I use Netflix, and Netflix is my answer, but that is convenient. Yeah. Like, Sing 2 is in theaters right now, and my kids love Sing 1. Now, we're, we're going to wait till it comes out for free, but you have the option of renting it for three ninety nine. You know, like, there's – and there are some original shows only on Amazon Prime. So, mm-hmm. I think that there are – there is some some goodness to yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. But the Netflix Jack Ryan definitely. Jack Ryan series yeah. is Reacher is a new one Reacher that came out. It's on Amazon Prime. Like there are think, good uh, shows. He's not as good as Tom. Isn't Cruise. Band of Brothers like only available on Amazon? Yes, Prime man, Band of Brothers. That's a yeah. So there is definitely good things about Amazon yeah. Prime Video, mm-hmm. but overall, I would choose Netflix. There was yeah. a while for me though where Netflix was just like garbage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like they stopped making good shows and they took away some good. They stuff took too. away real like mm-hmm. The Office. Yeah. Honestly, that may be it. I think I just found the trauma point for me. Yeah. Parks <laughs> took and Rec. the office off. They took Parks and Rec. And Parks and Rec. Yeah. yeah. I had to get Peacock TV so that I could watch The Office and mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah. That hurt my soul a little bit when that happened. But then yeah. I got YouTube TV, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so I would say Netflix, but there is there's some case for Amazon Prime. Yeah, and when you're paying for Amazon Prime Video, you're not just getting Amazon Prime Video. Like there's yeah. a lot of benefits to, exactly. to mm-hmm. that, so. Yeah. Anyway, so this week in our doctrine series, we're going to discuss the doctrine of God's omnipotence. As always, we're going to discuss just doctrine and what scripture says, and then we're going to talk about how it sinks from our head to our heart, 
should apply to our everyday life. Or as Mike likes to refer to it as omnipotent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I think the doctrine of God's omnipotence is, is hard for us only because everything that the world that we live in and everything that we understand has limitations. Um, and, and so to, to try to think of God in terms of uh, unlimited strength and unlimited power, which is what uh, omnipotence is, is um, that he can do anything he wills to do and he can do it without any <laughs> effort or exertion at all yeah. um, without ever getting tired or being drained of any energy. It's not like when God does something, he, he, a, a part of him has to rest after doing it because there is no, there's no, uh, energy exerted the way we have to exert energy to perform any task. Um, God does not get drained, uh, of, of that. And so he, he can do whatever he wants whenever he wants. Um, and, and we don't have that luxury. Um, and so it's hard sometimes for us. Um, we talk, I think with sincerity about the omnipotence of God, but it's hard for us to talk in reality of the omnipotence of God, because there's nothing yeah. in our world. We don't that, have any basis that for can what relate. It, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. All, all the omnipotence of God is for us is well, what it starts out being. Now there are implications that we'll talk about as we, as we get into this, but what the omnipotence of God starts out being for us is a exercise in the intellect mm-hmm. and the abstract, um, because it's so far beyond us, uh, that, that we just have a hard time getting our minds around it. Yeah. Uh, but scripture is very, to me, scripture is, is clear to the, um, as to the omnipotence of, of, of God, yeah. the, the strength and power he is. God almighty is how the scriptures will refer to that. Even the greatest idea of omnipotence that we can come up with is just a faint whisper of mm-hmm. what it actually is. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I, I do like how, how the, what, what really impacts us the most um, is the omnipotence of God's uh, wor- creative power and resurrection power. I mean, that's th- we're talking about the omnipotence of God in a season where we're, we're recognizing uh, with intentionality yeah. uh, the power to resurrect uh, not just Christ uh, on Easter, but those who have placed their faith and trust in him, Christ is simply the first fruits of that resurrected power that all of us who have trusted in Christ will be able to experience at some, some point in the future. So, so I think when we, I think it's, it's helpful to categorize, to kind of label, uh, uh, what, what we're talking about when we talk about the omnipotence of God to keep it from being just a, a discussion in the abstract, um, to be a discussion about logic because when I think, here's the bottom line. When I think of the omnipotence of God, I think of the paradox that everybody tries to come up with to disprove God, like they're disproving God when they say, well, you know, can God build a rock that even he can't lift, you know, because, because then if he, if he, if he can build a rock, then yeah, he's omnipotent. But if he can't even lift it, then he's not omnipotent. And, and so they create this false logic, mm-hmm. this logical fallacy, um, that doesn't make sense. And, and I think, and I don't remember where I read it. I was trying to look it up before, before we started recording. Um, I think, 
I think that that argument has been around for quite some time. And well, Augustine, I think, addressed it. Uh, but then Luther, I think his response was typical Lutheran. Um, I think he said, I, I think somebody asked him that question and his response was, um, that God is, is basically out cutting switches to beat people who ask those kind of questions <laughs> or something. I mean, that's what, that's what my kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With you a know. few medieval curses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. 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 Um, be, because it is, because it is a logical fallacy. If, if something is omnipotent, they cannot make themselves non omnipotent. Right. And, and, and one, one guy actually, uh, didn't, I can't, I can't remember his name, but he, he basically said, uh, uh, assuming, uh, well, you know, he said until that rock is built, God is omnipotent. Uh, because that, because again, it's, uh, C.S. Lewis was like, it's, it's trying to say, it, it's trying to mix, like you can have a square circle or a square triangle uh, w- within the, the bounds of logic. Um, you know, God is omnipotent. He's not going to contradict himself. We already know that. He's not going to uh, undo himself. He can't, a, a, a truly omnipotent person can't kill themselves. Yeah. So so there there are logical fallacies that people try to apply using the omnipotence of God uh, in order to try to create in their mind the possibility that maybe he's not omnipotent, um, which is just ridiculous mm-hmm. because everything in the scriptures points to the fact that he is omnipotent, that he can do what he wants when he wants. Um, and, uh, and so I think that's where we start. We, like we have with all of our doctrinal talks and, and studies, we start with the understanding that by faith, we believe the Bible is true. Um, and so we, we build from that and uh, we believe that the, the Bible calls God almighty for a reason. It's convicting to think about how, much we can stand in all of like human achievement and human displays of power and stuff. Right. But then like when we think about what God has done, sometimes we're so familiar with it. He talks about the danger of familiarity, but we don't stand in all of that. Like the reality is the greatest displays of human power should pale in comparison. And it's not that they shouldn't. I mean, like we can feel in all of those things and that's right. healthy. We should always point us to God and we should be so much more in all of yeah. God. I mean, he literally spoke the world into existence. We can't, we can't create anything. Right. You know? Right. Like, anyway, it's just convicting. Because I, I know it's so often my all is stolen by humans. Yes. But not often enough am I just like standing in awe of God and his omnipotence. Yeah. So. I, I remember back in high school. Since, since I keep I know, I know, I'm living in the past today. But, but I remember watching the first space shuttle. Man. Uh, lift off and then watching it. I mean, they stopped school and put it on the TVs all around school to watch that first space shuttle land. And we were all in awe of that. And it was similar to what our parents got to see when they put a man on the moon back in 69 and and that, that kind of thing. So, so, so we are in awe of our achievements and we don't, we don't even, we we sometimes forget the fact that God spoke and everything that we're just trying to uncover and discover and all those those places that we find are new. God, mm-hmm. knew, God was already there in the mm-hmm. midst of it. He's the one who created all of that in the first place. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just a, it, it's a good reminder. Um, this discussion of, uh, of the, uh, I, I think it's good to come back to this discussion often yeah. Yeah. on just how powerful God really is. Yeah. yeah. So. Something that I've been dealing with, I say dealing with something I've been convicted of and the Lord's been sh- re- like revealing to me a, in a new way, in a fresh way, is the fear of God mm-hmm. and how we like to we like to say, and there is an aspect of it 
that is a reverent fear of like you you are in awe of God so much, but there's also a side of fear that is like you are terrified in his presence. Yeah. And scripture, that's what it's both. It's not right. just one or the other, it's both. Right. And so yeah. I'm th- just thinking about this discussion when I was reading this chapter, it was bringing that in my mind again of just like how powerful and mm. terrifying God is. Yeah. And it led me to the thought of, and he loves me. Yeah. This yeah. fearful, terrifying, amazing, like in the truest sense of the word, awesome God. He's so powerful. He's all like so powerful that we can't even comprehend his power. That he loves us. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. That blo- that it makes me love him more right. to know that this God who strikes fear into every man when they come into his presence. Yeah. Oh, and, and, so I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up, John Seth, because I, I do think that we lose some of that because we do. We want God to be all powerful when we want something from him. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, yes. so yeah. Um, and then when he doesn't come through, we're extremely disappointed in him yeah. and we have no problem letting him know it either. Yeah. Um, and that's because we've lost the, the, the fear of his majesty yeah. and his glory. Um, yeah, God is, we're okay with an omnipotent God as long as he's meeting my needs and acting in a way that I think yeah. he should act. As long as his will is lined up with exactly my Exactly right. Meeting my needs in the way that I want. In the yes. way I want them. Yes. Exactly. It's not. Exactly yes. right. Exactly right. Man. But we've lost, and I think, and I think we've lost some of that in, um, I mean, think about, think about the, the, the biography of Edwards and, and some of the stories that came out when, when Jonathan Edwards was, was preaching sinners in the hands of an angry God and how, the, the story goes, and, and again, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know how validated it, this has been, but it's like they, you know, he talks about, about God just like us holding a, a spider on a thread and we're the spider and, and God could just let it go, you know, and, and people, people hearing that were so terrified by that, that they're, I mean, they were gripping the pews in front of them because yeah. they just knew the pits of hell were going to open up underneath yeah. them in that moment. And, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily a, a, a healthy way to view God, but I do think that we live in a culture that dismisses that aspect of God altogether and is not afraid of God at all. Of course, they're not afraid yeah. of anything. Yeah. They're not afraid of any authority. Yeah. It, it just brings, like, I, what I see kind of happening is even just from, from when I was born and growing up around Christianity, there was a shift from like fire and brimstone preaching right. and they I think it swung the pendulum so far right that it was there was no fear of God anymore yeah and it was all you know the seeker sensitive movement and seeker church and like just you know right the gospel offends enough let's not do it right. you know kind of right. like let's I just think it swung yeah too far to where we've lost and one of the implications is I think we have lost in our culture right. that sense of fear of God right even even unbelievers in Edward's day feared right, God. Right. And that's just not the case anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and it's funny that you say that because I, I preached that, um, that message in Mark chapter three on the unpardonable sin. And for me, that was about as close to hellfire and brimstone that I'll, I think I'll ever get. But even I was, I was uneasy. Yeah. Um, that I, it took a lot of energy for me to preach that yeah. message because you're just really not sure how that's going to be received, even among believers, even yeah. among those who are in church every week. You're just not sure how that's going to be received. Yeah, um, the, the fact that that in God's power, um, he he does as he pleases and judges as he wills. 
and extends mercy where he chooses to extend mercy yeah. and he pours out wrath where he chooses to pour out wrath. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we don't like that because, because we, it kind of goes back to our conversation about sovereignty. We want to be our own sovereigns and we want to be, we want to do things in our own strength. Um, we, we talk often in society and in culture about, uh, about self-made people, you know, and we exalt self-made people. You know, they had the, mm-hmm. the, the stamina and the power to get where they are. And, um, and, and every time we do that, I mean, there's something to be said for human achievement, but not human achievement at the expense of the omnipotence of God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. You made mention, Mike, of, um, we want God to exercise his omnipotence when we want it and exercise his power. Trip makes mention of the active and passive way that we can view God is not passive. Um, And that was a really helpful reminder to me that God is always exercising his power. But for us, it's, it's difficult because we, he says, we are often discontent with the way that he does exercise that power. He's exercising his power. Even when we might think, why aren't you acting in this moment? He's acting. He's, he's an active God. He's not being passive in his power. Yeah. Right. Um, but on our end, yeah. we can sometimes be discontent with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, but that aspect of God is always active. From our perspective, sometimes we can we can get that a little out of whack. Right. He brings that up in, when he's talking about Job, too. Yeah. Job was like, God, you're not working. You're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of my favorite scenes. Oh, ever. man, I know. Yeah. yeah. I know. Where yes. were you, Job? Where yeah. were you, you there, dude? And huh. can you? Yes. Where were you huh. and can you? Oh, my gosh. To- By the by the way, we've discovered ultimate where, rhetorical questions. Yes. Yeah. We've discovered where Paul Tripp gets his writing style. Yeah. The series of questions. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you? Can yeah. you lift up your voice to I, the cloud? Yeah. yeah. Can you send <laughs> forth lightnings? <laughs> I, I do think too, if 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 I'm gonna point to a book of the Bible, uh, and, and he does a really good job of bringing Job into this into this discussion. Um, but for me, at least in the New Testament. I think this is where the gospel of John is genius. Now I, I get he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy spirit. Yeah. Um, so John, I'm not saying is genius, except yeah. I think John was genius. Um, <laughs> and in the way he wrote that, yeah. and, and again, under the inspiration of the Holy spirit, how God got what God is revealing in the gospel of John is his omnipotence from John yes. chapter one, yes. absolutely. all the way yes. through John 11, all the way through John 20. Um, yeah. Because, because what we find in the beginning was the word that is the logos. Um, and what that word does is it ties the two main, uh, audiences of that day together. The, the, the logos is the word, which in a Jewish mindset is going to, is going to turn a Jewish mindset right to the creative power of God, the word of God, God spoke and the entire universe came into existence. Um, so from a Jewish mindset, the logos is the creative power of an almighty God. The logos is also from a Greek perspective, the reasoning, logical power of an almighty God. So there again, you can't create these logic, what we think is a logical paradox to try to understand or contradict because even the God who spoke everything into existence created the logic that we're trying to use to disprove him. So it just, it, it just becomes circular for us to even, yeah. to even attempt that. And so for me, the genius of John is the creative and reasoning logic power of God on display right there in the very first verse. 
And then he takes us down this journey, down this path to, to the resurrection, stopping along the way to demonstrate that resurrection power with his friend Lazarus, uh, just to kind of give everybody a heads up as to what's about to happen when he finally gets to the cross. And, yeah. and, here, and, and here's the thing. In that moment, nobody got it. I mean, they got the fact that Lazarus was alive again. But they were still, they still had no idea. Even after he had told them in the other Gospels three times that he was going to come back from the dead, they still couldn't get their mind right. You know why? Because we don't have the power to bring someone back to life. Yeah. And, and that's why I say when we try to limit, yeah. when, when we try to understand the omnipotence of God, the, the resurrection power of God, the creative power of God, there is nothing in our world that can, that can come close to, to even giving us an adequate picture. So, so we have to step out on faith and believe that what the Bible says is true in order for us to even begin to comprehend what it means for God to be omnipotent. Yeah. Um, and, really and so, good. so for me, I'm, I'm looking at the power of creation, the power of resurrection, and, and we see that on display throughout the scriptures, but that that's what compels me constantly to come back to the gospel of John, because I, I just think John is genius in that, in that whole, yeah. in that whole thing. Um, but I'll I'll give all the props to the Holy Spirit for that because yeah, we on. know we know that John was writing under the inspiration of the yeah, Holy Spirit. That's right. in that Amen. So he could not have come up with that on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Word of God is so cool, man. Yes. It really is. <laughs> it really is. And and John, I believe, um, this is another discussion for another another podcast probably. But I think that John was addressing uh an early form of Gnosticism, which which is uh uh, a belief that there is this, uh, that, uh, spirit and flesh are completely separate, that there is no cohesiveness to it. So it really doesn't matter what you do in your flesh because it's only your spirit that lives on yeah. forever. But, but in Gnostic thought, um, in order to separate uh, very much what Jehovah's Witnesses believe even today uh, is a form of Gnosticism to separate the creator God from the mess that we've made. They have layers of, of spiritual entities, layers of spiritual gods, mm-hmm. um, and so John, I think, was addressing uh, addressing that in his gospel as well. There's there's only one God. Uh, there's no layers of gods, and this one God is omnipotent. He is all powerful. And the the reason the world is messed up is not because of some lesser God called the Logos. Uh, the reason the world is messed up is because because we we thought we could do better. We thought we could impose what our limited omnipotence in creation and do something better than what God had already done. And, um, and that's just not, not the case. It's dumb. We still do it every day. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We still exactly try. Right. We, st- we still think we can do a better job, which is day. what Paul Tripp lays out in that second chapter. Yeah. It made right. me feel like garbage again. Yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is amazing. You can tell that we're made in the image of God. God is, but the only difference is God actually is sovereign. God actually is omnipotent. We just think we are. Yes. Um, but, but where oh, do we, why do we even think we can be that? Why do we, why do we get that? It's because we were created in his image, yeah. but all of that because of, because of sin is, is corrupted. Yeah. And, and so we, we only get limited versions of each of those things, but somehow we feel compelled to elevate ourselves, uh, to the status of little G God. Yeah. I was okay. struck. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I love the way Paul Tripp says, uh, we need to abandon our delusions of autonomy and self-sufficiency. Yes. yes. I think yeah. it's just, That's where I was that about was to go is, is I was struggling to see where he was going to take this to the practical. Right. I knew he would cause Paul Tripp, but right. like, I, I was really like, I don't, 
I was struggling to come up with how, how does this apply to my life on a daily basis? But then, I mean, he, he talked that, that quote that Daniel shared. Yeah. And then it was like, literally every single day, yeah. I try I'm, to act in my yeah. own power. Right. I'm deluded by my own self-sufficiency. Yes. And I was yeah. like, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I yeah. see now. My, my sin is now revealed. Thank you. Right. Yeah, I think it's important too, and and I like how we. I mean, we go back to creation. You have to go back to creation with all of these things yeah. because before yeah. anything was, God is. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yep. You know. Yeah. So so you you have to you go back to that, and and we talked about when we studied Genesis back in 2020. We did a series through through Genesis, and and one of the things that we talked about at the very beginning of that series, as we got back to some basics, were the distinctions that were defined in the creative narrative. Um, and the very first distinction that, that is mentioned in the very first chapter, in the very first verse of, of the Bible is the distinction between God and literally everything else. Um, man, which is an appropriate use of the word literally, by the way. Um, but, but it, it, there, it, it's God and then everything else. I wasn't just saying that to you. Johnson. Why did everybody look just, at me then? I was just, <laughs> Because we know. <laughs> because you were it was a subtle jab. Yeah. Was, uh, he was subtweeting you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's right. So so it's it's God in everything. Creator versus creation. I yeah. mean, there is a distinction between those two things. And then we went on, there are, are lesser distinctions as well within creation, uh, humanity versus the rest of the animal kingdom. There's a distinction there. We are yeah. the only beings made in the image of God. And then even within humanity, as beings made in the image of God, there's a distinction between male and female. And, and the reason why I mention that is because in the culture and society and world that we live in right now, all of those lines of distinction have been blurred. And, and the more they blur those lines of distinction, the, the more we, uh, the, the further we get away from the God of the scriptures sure. the, and the, the omnipotence of, of this particular God. It's because we're, we're trying to recreate. Um, and, and we do so with the arrogance uh, that, that, that we can. And it really is arrogant to think that we can recreate because, as I think David said, none of us has spoken anything into existence. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can you? Can you, yeah. Job? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it just yeah. it just is amazing how far down this rabbit trail mm. we get as a culture. Mm. Um, and, and we get so deluded by our own perceived self-sufficiency and our own perceived power. Yeah. Um, that that we can't even it's so hard to even find our way back we yeah. even hold those things up as ideals yes and, right and you know obviously we shouldn't right we should be dependent on god for everything mm. we should be dependent on our church for for things here yeah, yeah. Sure. he speaks about why that's so important because of the, the culture that we live in why the a biblical worldview with god's omnipotence at the center of it is so important and how we can speak into culture in that way mm. why that's yeah. so important for us right right yeah and then and then lastly before we get into the into the application you know omnipotence in everyday life um you know, he, he does, he has these two categories, Paul Tripp does, uh, talking about power in creation and power in, in resurrection. And, um, and, uh, and, and so again, we have a hard time with that because we don't, we haven't brought anybody back from the dead. Um, now there are stories about people who, um, 
you know, the minute I say we've not brought anybody back from the dead, we're going to have a bunch of people say, well, you know, I was dead for 30 seconds. So, but, but, but we need to understand that there is this thing called um, resurrection. Paul spends 1 Corinthians 15 defending it, the fact that there is a resurrection. And if there is no resurrection, then we're fools. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're still in our sin and life is futile. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, so I, I do think that ultimately we move our, our ultimate trust in the omnipotence of God is, uh, the glory results in the glory of the, of the resurrection, um, and, and the promise of our resurrection. Yeah. Um, apart from the, omni- if God who we believe is omnipotent can make himself non-omnipotent, then that casts doubt on the, on the future and the possibility and even the plausibility of our resurrection. And so we, I think that there is a correlation between our, our belief and our trust in the omnipotence of God and the promise of the resurrection and eternal life that we find in, in scripture, um, to doubt one automatically forces us to doubt the other. And, and I don't believe that God gave us the gospels and did all that he did for us to walk around wondering. I mean, even John said that Jesus did many other things in the sight of his disciples. Um, but these, these have been written so that you might know that he is the son of God and that you might have eternal life. So, so he doesn't want us wandering aimlessly wondering whether what we believe to be true is true. He wants us to know that it is true. And, um, and so, so again, and, and, you know, people doubt, they doubt the scriptures and this might be some circular reasoning and I get that, but, but if, if a God who had to condescend himself into the language that he's created in order to communicate with us, if he would choose to reveal himself in language and in a, in his word, in what we call the Bible, if, if he is powerful enough to do that, then certainly he is powerful enough to preserve that scripture so that what we have today, we can know is true and is an accurate record of what he intended us to have. Because if it's not, then, then he's not omnipotent. Um, he is, he is powerful enough to preserve that, which he chooses to reveal. And, uh, and for me, that's one of the strongest cases. If we're going to get into a, a line of a, apologetics with regard to the scripture, because everything else, as we said at the beginning, everything flows from scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, I know I, I get that it's circular. Scripture says God is omnipotent, but we have to believe his omnipotence in order to believe scripture. So, so there's some circular reasoning there, but, but it, it's not unreasonable, mm. uh, to, to think, I think in those terms. So how does God's omnipotence impact our everyday life? The one that hit home with me was when he was talking about parenting, how when we want our, the example he says, like when we want our kids to do what is right, but they don't want that. And it, is so frustrating as a parent to want your what's better for your kid and for them to blatantly choose to not do the right thing. And that moment is what the Lord convicted me of the, the most of instead of pointing him back to God and relying on God's power to change my child's actions, not even just his actions, but the heart of our children. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I depend on myself and I've noticed, you know, the past year that this particular thing 
is what in parenting has been my biggest flaw of wanting for my children to be saved so bad that I'm trying to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to force that. And the Lord just used this doctrine to grip my heart reading this chapter of just like, I'm the only one who can save your children. Yeah. And it's out of a place of love because we want our children to love God. But there is a dependence that I need to have on the Lord to do that work for, for JJ, for Everett, and for Ashley. That is hard for me to say, Yeah. okay, God, and you know, let go of that and let the Lord work that out. That doesn't mean I don't disciple. Right. <laughs> like, that's not what that means. Right. And I, that doesn't mean I don't try my hardest to create that atmosphere for my children, to even an easier atmosphere right. to learn about God and to yes. trust in God. So I'll do everything on my part for this to happen. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I have to say, Lord, not my will, but your will right. be done. And that's what I haven't been doing. Yeah. And the Lord kind of revealed in this season of Lent, actually, but just this, just kind of putting words to what I've been feeling about for a couple months. Right. Now. Yeah. There's, so. there's a difference uh, between discipleship and discipling. Uh, and manipulation. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And I think very often when we, when we stop relying on the power of God and start relying on the power of our own personalities, that's when we move yeah, from, from discipleship to manipulate, yeah, to manipulation. Right. Um, and, and I think, uh, there are things that, that we think that we've accomplished that, that we've only really just manipulated Yeah, and we haven't accomplished anything of, of substance. Um, and, and so, yeah, there, there are things that we have to rely on the power of God to do God things. Yeah. We, we can't rely on the power of our personality to do God things. Only God can do God things. And salvation is one of those. Yep. Um, now you're right. We create an atmosphere. I mean, God ordains those means. We've already talked about that. Yeah. Uh, we, we present the gospel. We even to use Paul's words can persuade, mm-hmm. um, but but we can't manipulate. Yeah, amen. Because a manipulated salvation is no salvation at all. And, uh, and that's something for parents to be careful of. Right? Yeah. We're very intentional about avoiding that at all costs here. But but that's not true everywhere. So so you know, be mindful of who's pouring into your kids' lives. Yeah. yeah. And I think the very first application that he talks about here, we are all tempted to doubt the power of God. I think at some point we've all. Uh, we've all had things get sideways in our lives and wonder what, what's going on. Um, but notice that we always say, what in the world is going on? What in the world? We never say, what in God is going on? Um, because we know that when things go sideways, when things go south for us, it's, it's because of the world that we're in. It's the world we live in. Um, but in those moments when, we, when we're uh, coerced to make that kind of comment, that's when I think believers need to remember the omnipotence of God and the, the power of God. Yeah, it's it's pushing me to just see that. I just keep coming back to like self worship because when we act out of our own power, that's what we're doing. Is we're doing the same thing that Adam and Eve did in the garden. It's saying we want that knowledge. We want to be God. And every time that we sin, every time we try to act out of our own power rather than dependence on the Lord, we are worshiping ourselves. It's a selfish desire. It's this is I want to be God. I want to be the one that leads JJ to the Lord. Right. 
like that's what it's hitting on my heart is and I want to be the one that brings you know all of the students you know I want it to be my me- on on a sinful day I want it to be my message that the Lord uses to save people yeah and and again selfish desire yeah and that's something that I work through and and the Holy Spirit is convicting me of and and not to say that you know every message I'm like this is the one that's not right. what it is but on those days when I am tempted to to think that way or I'm I'm tempted to act in my own power that's the the sinful core of it and it's a pride it's an arrogance like you talked about earlier and it's that self-worship it's when we are acting out of our own power we want to be recognized we want to be known we want to make it yeah. and you know one of the things for me that shows that is a good flag of okay I'm not acting my own powers when I'm not praying, when I'm not, when I am not actively praying for the Lord, for things that I'm going to be doing, for events, for a Wednesday night, even when I am not actively praying for the Lord to be a part of this and not just a part of it, but the thing of this, like to be the most important thing, to be the one guiding this whole thing. When, when we lack prayer, we are telling God, I'm depending on myself. I'll call you when I need you. And that's just been the biggest indicator in my own life. My my walk with Christ over the past couple of years is when I'm not praying, is when I'm depending on myself. Yeah, I think those those of us who are involved in the everyday ongoing work of the kingdom are really susceptible um, to to walking down that path. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't we don't mean to, uh, but there are times when we operate in the flesh, um, and and we we need to in those moments need to be intentional about yeah. turning our attention uh, to the spirit, That's right. to the spirit of God, because, yeah. um, because we, and, and I'm yeah. <laughs> just because of my background and my personality, I'm, I'm susceptible to relying on systems. I want to create a system that, uh, that, that will operate uh, fluidly and, and efficiently. And I can, because I can manage systems and, yeah. and so, so we can get so caught up and I've, and I've confessed this before that we can get so caught up in the work of the kingdom that we forget that our primary goal is to love people and let, let God do the, do the heart changing work yeah. that only he can do. Yeah. Uh, but we want to put systems in place that will give us a good program and give us, you know, and we, we spiritualize it because we, we convince ourselves we're creating that atmosphere where people can come to know Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think we need to be intentional. We need to think through that, but we need to be led by and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit in yeah. all of that. Amen. And so we have to be, I think it's important that we are intentional. And I think this is one of the, the, the things that has been so good for me in this whole doctrinal series so far is just talking about who God is, <laughs> um, yes. serves as a reminder. Um, not just of who God is, but who I am, yeah. Yeah. and and yeah. the fact that that who we aren't <laughs> exactly who that His grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how difficult the work might be, uh, we are put down but not destroyed. We are, uh, you know, all all of those things that Paul said in 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 his letter to Corinth. Um, you know, God is the this is God's thing. And I'm just an instrument of whatever God is trying to do for his glory in this world. And, um, and if I would just admit that, if I would just admit my weakness, then his power 
can be made known. Um, and, and so I just have to, I got to do like John the Baptist and I got to do this like every day. I just got to ask God, get me out of the way yeah. so that people, so we can make much of you. Yeah. you and, uh, and, 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 and I just have to get myself out of the way sometimes. So, and, and that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Whether, whether we're talking about the work of the kingdom in ministry or parenting or in our relationships with our spouses, sometimes we just got to get out of the way and let God do what only he can do in that particular uh, relationship context. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think, I think one, a good reminder from Paul Tripp here is that every, um, every kind of heartbreaking situation, uh, the times when we're feeling powerless and there's nothing we can do to fix a problem that our kids have or, or, uh, you know, something with work. Um, I, I think I love his reminder constantly to let our, let our theology drive our responses to those. Yes. Let's, let's remember that yes. God is omnipotent and that he is in control when we're not in control. And he does have power over the situations that we don't have power over. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's such a relief. Yeah. There's a few things that he does mention. We've, we've already hit on it. I mean, we haven't actually said the term, but we're all speaking a little bit about humility that comes from yeah. Oh, yeah. God's omnipotence. It leads the believer to humility, who we aren't, who we are in right. light of who God is. Um, and, and, and John Seth, you had made mention of, of when he's talking about, you don't have the power to do this. You don't have the power to do this. You don't have the power to do it in your parenting, your marriage, all of these things. Uh, that led me, I wrote on, on the side of that, that paragraph that he wrote, this is why I need to pray more than <laughs> the reliance aspect of things. And we hit on that as well, but this is why, because I don't have the power to do these things. It leads the believer to humility. It leads it makes me want to be so much more reliant and dependent on the omnipotent God in every circumstance and every moment of, of my life, because I don't have the power to do those things. But then on the, on the flip side of that, um, it almost sounds contrary to what humility and dependence is. But Paul speaks about, boasting all the more gladly in your weakness. Yeah. Um, and so that leads the believer to a hope and a confidence. Um, and I say contrary because confidence seems kind of opposite, <laughs> but right. that's what it leads us to as believers is if we believe that God is the one in control and in power, then that leads us to a trust and dependence, but it also leads us to that hope that is found in him alone. And the confidence that we can walk with uh, in light of that. Yeah. When we think about the power of God, it makes when we do have confidence in ourselves, it makes it look so silly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. Yeah. There, there are, he, Tripp does a really good job. There are seven statements that he makes about, about the omnipotence of God in everyday life. And, um, I was just wondering from, from you guys, which one, if there's one that really just kind of like knocked you in the head or hit you between the eyes or, uh, because I think culturally, uh, I think number four is the most relevant oh, in yeah. our culture. Oh yeah. Where, autonomy. Yeah, where he says, we all need to abandon our delusions of autonomy and self-sufficiency. I agree. That, that is the, that is the nature of the world that we live in right now. And we are being, uh, we are, we are being governed by, uh, a push for autonomy and self-sufficiency. And so the church is getting caught up in that. And, and the, the question for the church is, are we going to allow our, uh, ourselves to be consumed 
by that culture, that cultural influence of, of autonomy and self-sufficiency, or are we going to be the prophetic voice that declares to a, a world the only being who truly is autonomous and self-sufficient? And so I, I think that's the church's challenge. I think number four for me presents the church's challenge in this world and in this culture yeah. is we have to be a prophetic voice against um, the delusions of autonomy and self-sufficiency that's being promoted in every aspect of our society yeah. from our entertainment to our education system, to the curriculum that's, that's being, uh, being uh, written for our students yeah. and children. Yeah. Um, all of that. Uh, we live in an age of, of where autonomy is uh is primary um and and we need to remember and we need to be the prophetic voice that says that only god is truly autonomous only god is truly self-sufficient so i think culturally that one was the big one for me personally number five yeah our problem is with the limits of our faith not with god's power Mm mm-hmm um, That's kind of where I was leaning. Oh, okay. So I'm sorry. I, I said two. No, no, no. I should oh, go, ahead. One. go ahead. <laughs> I think mine is number one. We're all tempted to doubt the power of God. That one just struck me new. Yeah. Okay. That one. That one hurt in a good way. Right. Yeah, that right. one hurt in a good way. <laughs> yeah. I've got to pick two also. Okay. Okay. Number number three. We all need to understand the power of God for our everyday living. Yeah. Um, he gets into some great stuff in in that section, but. Uh, but he, he says near the end of that, if you really do believe that the omnipotent power of, the, of your Lord is at work in you, then you step into those hard places that you would have once avoided. You determine to love, you commit yourself to forgive, and you get up and do it all again the next day. Wow. I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we, yeah. we all tend to do the opposite of that. Right. Right. Uh, and mean, then the other one, uh, number five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he talks about how we we lose our theological minds. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love that. We yeah. we we live like we we don't know all of these things that God has shown us in His Word. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Honestly, all seven hit me. I know. Over yeah, the head. I know. Yeah. At some yeah. point, they all were just like. Yeah. Bop, 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 yeah, there was just a couple that really like that. Our our problem is with the limits of our faith, not with God's power. That just that just affects me because the limitations of my faith is what leads me into idolatry. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's what led mm-hmm. Israel. I mean, after Israel mm-hmm. experienced the almighty power of God in crossing a Red Sea within 50 days, they're building an idol and worshiping a golden calf. Right. Um, and that had nothing to do with the power of God. It had everything to do with the limitations of their faith. Yeah. Building the golden calf and then saying, yeah. here, here is the here God is the that God. led us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. And and so that that kind of mm-hmm. that just made me think more deeply about where, where I am and the idolatry that might yeah. end up in, in my life. Yeah. Wow. It kind of leads, cause I agree with you. Number five was one that, that as I was just kind of briefly skimming it again here, as we were talking about it, um, I don't like to think that I have limits, you know, that right. leads me back to the discussion about me being my own sovereign. Right. Um, that's kind of where my mind goes with this is I want to be my own sovereign. I don't think yeah. I, I need the, I think I have the power <laughs> to do some of these things, yeah. but Again, it kind of leads me to think about those things whenever I think about the limits of my of my faith. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that was one that that kind of hit home for me. Yeah, number I'm um, kind of what John said there because number one to doubt God's power. It's not that with my words that I say out loud I yeah, doubt it. Exactly. It's just it always comes back to like what in my mind and in 
the way that I live proves that I do doubt his power, I think mm. is kind of what hits me. That is me. exactly how I felt about it. It's like, in my words, I'm not like, why God? Right. It's with my life. I'm like, yeah. why God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, and that almost goes back to the aspect of making it, ingraining it in your heart. Yes. Like we know these things, um, but do we know them? Do we believe yeah, them? Right. Do we trust in that? Yeah. Well, that's what I always say. I actually have written in the, the margins of, of uh, my, my Bible in Romans eight twenty eight. We know uh, that God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I have that we know circled mm-hmm. and question marked. Do we? Yeah. Do wow. we really know that? Yeah. Uh, because yeah. we can assent to that intellectually. But do our lives and our decisions and the choices that we make and the way we we live our lives for his glory, does it really reflect that? I mean, this is why Jesus could, with all confidence in the Sermon on the Mount, chastise people for worrying. Mm. Uh, because the reason we worry is because we are not omnipotent. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and so we are literally taking on things and worrying about things that are beyond our control. And Jesus says, stop it. Yeah. You know, stop. Don't yeah. do that. It's, it's beyond your control. This is a God thing. So let God do God things and you stay in your lane. And, and he tells me that like every day, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. stay in your lane, Mike, stay in your lane. Yeah. And, uh, I just forget because number six, you and I will not always be happy with the way God exercises his power. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. like, man, if he would just do it the way I want it, yeah. yeah. you know? Yeah. And he's not obligated to me though. Yeah. Which I'm glad. Right. Paul Tripp keeps keeps saying throughout the book, theology is not just something you think, mm-hmm. but it is more importantly a way that you live. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's exactly and, what and I that statement to needs to be made at the beginning of every systematic theology class that's taught in seminary, whether yeah. it's one, two, or three. Amen. No matter where you are in systematic theology, that needs to be the reminder because mm. I know too many guys that say, "Oh, systematic theology is just boring and it's just this and it's just that." No, systematic theology is not supposed to be just relegated to uh, 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 a discussion. It's, it's supposed to be something that is, that is lived out and, and governs the way we, we live our lives. So in that sense, it, it absolutely is important that we yeah. understand these yeah. things. So let's commend, uh, commend this book. I don't think we've said the title of it yeah. in this podcast. Do you believe by, uh, by Paul Tripp? Yeah. Um, it's great. Great book. I did have a, a friend, um, text me and tell me that he thought our discussion on sovereignty was, was really good. And he, he ordered the book. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yep. Somebody needs to contact Paul Tripp about getting like a little cut here. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. right. Here's where the theology of omnipotence of God should lead you in response to the weakness, which none of us can honestly deny what God gives us is himself. He makes that, uh, another, a sentence at the very end of sovereignty, I think that you made mention to last time, Daniel, that he gives us himself. Um, God runs to us in our weakness. And, um, that's such, it leads me to our, our, the, the book of gentle and lowly too, of just thinking about who God is and how he loves us, um, in every aspect, aspect of our lives and our weakness. Um, he gives us himself. That's just such good news for the believer. Amen. Cool. Well, before we end, this is cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah all right. Um, this is less to do with the discussion, but for people that like music, and there's a song that kind of goes along with some of what we've been talking about by Beautiful Eulogy. It's called Omnipotent. It's a it's a pretty incredible song. So sometimes we put in the you know in the show notes and the resources 
Uh, I'll put that there and you should give it a listen. It's really good. Thanks for listening to Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian. Don't forget about the form on our website where you can send us questions, pbclc.com slash podcast. Please follow, follow us or subscribe to us and leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next time. Well, science says... Is that like a Daffy Duck thing? <laughs> so, I, and I guess we're not going to get into which of the Star Wars... Or whichever one you picked, which one of those are the best? I mean, yeah, we could. We could. Well, yeah, because that brings up a good point. Because, like, to me, the newer trilogy of Star Wars was not that great. But they made up for it because, like, Rogue One, Mandalorian, and all of that is, like, incredible. So, I don't know. Yeah, but see, but if you're going to go into into all the series, too, I mean, are you going to compare Mandalorian to Loki? Right. And which, which I would still choose Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Oh, Mandalorian. Every yeah, time. Oh, okay. Okay. Loki was really I haven't good seen too. Loki, so yeah. I I'd have to go with Mandalorian. Yeah. But Loki is good. Yeah. But I like Mandalorian better. Yeah. I just I like the I like the the and here here's the part of the problem is both of those series I would consider are epic series. They're 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 kind of epic in yeah. their, in the way they're made and, yeah. and written. Yeah. So there's a big meta narrative storyline there. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really good in both. Yeah. I can always appreciate appreciate Multiple movies carrying out the same storyline from beginning to end. Big yeah. meta narrative concept. Yeah. I can always appreciate those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I do think that if our wives were on the podcast with us, that Judy would say Marvel because she has no interest in Star Wars. No matter how much I yeah. tried to convince her yeah. that the bottom line of Star Wars is it was a love story, but she just <laughs> wouldn't buy it. <laughs> yeah. So Shelley was Carl turned off by Jar Jar. So true. She's. What? You're surprised by this? Yes! Jar Jar is the comic relief that we all needed in the Phantom Menace because it was so trash. It no, was awful. no one needed it. <laughs> I needed it. Jar Jar Binks was I part was of Jar the Jar trash Binks. in, yes. in yes. the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Totally Hear me out. Me at all. Hear me out. Fa- oh my gosh. Favorite Star Wars. Here. Stop. Hear me out. Stop. Stop. Rogue One. Okay. Rogue One. I trolled for a long Rogue time and said that Phantom Menace was my favorite, but I like the pod racing in Phantom Menace, but that's it. Yeah. And Qui Gon Jinn is a beast, and this should not have killed him within like two minutes of that movie. Oh, Spoilers. Yeah. Well, it's been, it's been out since like I know 1999. You deserve that. That was spoiled. that was the movie that I grew up on. Like when I was younger, like I remember having a Darth Maul like birthday party mm-hmm. and that type of thing. Like yeah, you need to Darth watch Maul an animated was, uh, series if you like Darth uh, Maul. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Rogue One to me was incredible. That was a great fantastic. movie. Fantastic. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Solo was also Solo was really good. good. But Rogue One is my favorite, I think. Yeah. Also, the music from Star Wars, a billion times more iconic than any Marvel score ever. Marvel has oh, good yeah, music, yeah. but John yeah. Williams. Yeah. I mean, like, you hear it, you're like, Star Wars. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So. Somehow, Rogue One has, like, Darth Vader's best moment ever. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Actually, a couple of years ago, they did, like, a whatever anniversary showing of it at a drive-in in Dothan. And I, me and Brittany went and saw it. The Star Wars movie? Mm-hmm. So why Which would you give your leg? Because it was like when it came it. out, dude. It was like 77. Because <laughs> time travel <laughs> is involved. Exactly. You need to watch, because um, you used to troll people about episode one of Star Wars being your favorite. There's a video on YouTube of like right after it came out, the new like news people interviewed them coming out of the movie after they watched it and their reactions. And like 99% of them were like, 
absolutely incredible. Like, yeah, it's wow. pretty funny. Even like Shaquille O'Neal's like, yeah, I'm going to probably see it a few more times. <laughs> it's pretty oh funny. Gosh. And then there's one guy at the very end that's like, two thumbs down. I want my money back from George Lucas. <laughs> Just one guy. Anyway, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Sorry. Can't find it. Uh, that's okay. We'll have to cut that whole thing. It's all good. Was that person Daniel? I did see it on release night though. No way. You saw what? Phantom Menace. And you hated it then? I hated Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) But it was Star Wars. Like, you know, like I, I enjoyed all of the new trilogy. Right. Yeah. They're not perfect. They're still fun movies. Yeah. Yeah. When you're growing up in elementary school, they were the most epic things of all time. They were amazing. (laughs) Time has given us a little bit of perspective on that. Yeah. Because I, the, I mean, I was a young kid, so I thought that was, I thought right. that was great. Same thing with the Batman stupid Rob- Batman Dude, movie. I thought it was great. And now I watch it, I'm like, this is this the is worst terrible. thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs>